0: Hey, I'm Andre Williams and welcome to The Bridge. This is a teaching ministry under Living Water Ministries International Monroe, where we'll focus on developing intimacy with God and engaging Him in every space. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm so excited that you're here. Last episode, we started our In Transit series. I hope you enjoyed it. We talked about transition. We talked about God being a bridge under our feet. We talked a little bit about what transition feels like. And today we're going to dig in a little bit more. So this is part two of In Transit. And I want to open up with this thought. Transition only matters for those who anticipate a next or a more. If you have expectancy for something more in your life, then that means you're in a good place. We worship and serve and interact with a God who's always doing new things. Um, Newness is one of the, the themes of who he is. So if you're interacting with a God who's always doing a new thing, then there should always be something next that that lies in your expectancy. That's not to say that you lack contentment, though. And we're going to talk about that on another episode, but you should always be hungry for something next, something more. You should always be asking God questions and pulling on um, his tendency to do new things. There is a space between old and new that has to be navigated, and it's really a space between a fulfilling, purposeful season and the next there's a little void that we normally feel. And if you're wondering why it seems like your best days are behind you, if you're wondering if there are more good days, if you're expecting good days ahead of you, then you're in a good place. Welcome to transition. Transition is something that every son and every daughter of God and actually every person is going to experience if you're not experiencing transition in some kind of way there's a connection that needs to be gained or regained with God and he is saying something that you haven't yet heard so if you're not if you don't feel like something is changing then there's something left not for God to do but there's something left to hear so if you are the same or you feel comfortable and I don't mean to Um, rock the boat here, but maybe I do. If you feel comfortable being the same person you were 10 years ago, same struggles, same questions, same beliefs, same income, same discomforts, then you need proximity. Let me share this. God is pushing you in two ways, to move on from something and to move into something. God wants to give us wisdom for the space that lies between his promises. It's a good thing to celebrate in whatever your testimony is. But there's also a part of you that wonders if there are more promises for God to unfold in your life. And my question, the the question that I've had arise while I've been thinking about this is, what am I going to do on the bridge? So I want to share this scripture with you, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1, 6, and 7. I've been living from this scripture this year, and I want to share. To everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Verse 6 says, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. I wanna share one more scripture with you as well. That's Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. These are the things that happen between. Okay, we discover times we discover what moments mean whether it's a time to gain a time to lose a time to keep a time to throw away and then we also get our strength renewed now let's look at a little bit more scripture i hope you like scripture because i have plenty today matthew chapter 14 verses 21 through 32 i love this story let me read a little bit for you verse 21 now those who had eaten were about five thousand men besides children and women He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, "O you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. All right. So let's look at the gear shift that Jesus makes here in verse 23. He shifts when he said he sent the multitudes away. He shifts from an assignment to a voluntary resetting. All right. A voluntary, a voluntary resetting. He did not wait. Please catch this for a down season to consult God for wisdom. He actually implemented refreshing right into an active season. This was a voluntary shift that kept him fresh. So now you see what you have to do. I believe that the transition phase involves implementing necessary disciplines to stay fresh in your capacity to hear. When we focus only on what needs to be done and forget to implement a space to receive and to get refreshed, then we create a cycle of fatigue. Fatigue. Um, Although it should be a moment can become a cycle when we don't have the discipline, the implemented discipline to get refreshed. So Jesus was operating in his purpose. Yes, in his purpose. But he had to use wisdom on when to switch gears or when to transition into a space where he wasn't being driven by others needs. So if I can take a turn here with this message, I would say this. He actually stamps endings by pushing you to move on, okay? he If you look at the scripture, he moved on while he was still wanted, all right? He didn't let their needs uh, dictate his pace, so to speak. So he was obedient and he was operating in purpose, but he showed us something essential here, which is that we need discipline to be able to create refreshing in an active season, the mentalities and the personalities that held you stagnant are definitely going to still want you to stay. You cannot determine whether or not you need refreshing based on whether people are still calling on you or pulling on you to operate in purpose. Contrary to popular belief, rejection doesn't always signal your next move. I'm going to say that again rejection doesn't always signal your next move so if i can be real we've allowed social acceptance and rejection to be governing voices in our lives concerning direction we've literally allowed acceptance or rejection to be green lights and red lights concerning our own direction you have to be in a position to hear In case you're in a spot where God is leading you to move while things still feel familiar and right. One of the things I believe that God has been telling me recently is that sometimes he'll tell you to move on from a good thing. And my question for you guys is, can you move on from a good thing? All right. Can you move on when things feel purposeful? Can you be obedient when things feel familiar and they feel right and you're in purpose and you're around people who get it? Can you be obedient about moving on from a good thing? Yeah, (laughs) I'll let that settle for a second. Let me go back to talking about fatigue. Fatigue is not an indicator that you're operating outside of your purpose for the moment either. Fatigue is actually an indicator that you need God to help you discern timing. So as God is moving you toward a balanced life where your purpose is only a portion of your walk with him, he's going to help you. His intent is to help you discern timing. When is it time for me to go hard? When is it time for me to work and be consistent? And then when is it time for me to step away and get refreshed before your next assignment? This transition, this particular transition that you may be in now, is for you to learn his voice. So perhaps you may be in a spot where things aren't rolling as quickly, or if they are, maybe you've chosen to start stepping away and getting refreshed. And I'm really proud of how many millennials I'm seeing embrace a balanced life. Before your next assignment, though, you need to ask God to show you yourself And help you learn yourself in a way where you'll know when it's time to take a break from working so that you can rest and listen. Here's something that I learned and I want to share. The enemy wants you to be addicted to being needed, but God wants you to be fresh. All right. The enemy wants you to be addicted to being needed. And let me say this too: the enemy usually initiates a chronic frustration when we don't ever switch that gear to get refreshed when you're operating in your lane even when you're in purpose doing the things that god has called you to do for the moment you will still need refreshing okay some religious and controlling settings manipulative settings have taught us that We don't take breaks that God is going to give us what we need. Um, They've taught us that we're supposed to just go with God. And sometimes we learn in Scripture that even Jesus took a second to step away and not be so needed. You've got to implement that into your active season. And I believe that that's going to be God's way to keep you fresh and active throughout it okay so let's talk about why am i in transition or why do i feel things changing you are in transition because you have recently learned something new understanding and new knowledge put you in transit they create movement and they let god know that you're ready to apply something that you've recently learned transition is is the place where new understanding is applied. It is where I would say your character is proven. So if you're having to use what you recently gained in the spirit, you're in transition. If you've been gaining knowledge and you've been sitting under teaching or you've been studying or you've been praying or you've been strengthened by community and now you're having to use what you've recently gained, you're in a transition of some sort. I was looking at this scripture and I was recalling that the boat experience with Peter and the rest of the disciples could be seen as a test. But I'm wondering, maybe maybe it could be a chance. It could be a chance to walk in what they had been seeing and hearing from their teacher. You are also in a chance. You're in a chance where life is going to yield what God showed you if you use what he told you. So let's dig a little bit. What does transition feel like? I have six things that I want to discuss on this particular episode. What does transition feel like? I'll read them first and then uh, we'll, we'll deal with each of them briefly. One, transition feels like excitement, feels like frustration, fear, grief sometimes, abandonment. And let me park here for a moment. When I say that transition can feel like abandonment, I mean that it can feel like being abandoned by others because of your difference. It can feel like abandoning your old self and the things that used to bring you joy. (laughs) And and, and I want to say this about that. Note that forward movement does not mean you despise what you've left, but it does mean that you have to be dissatisfied with holding that place because it's not where you belong now. We're going to come back to that a little bit. And then transition also feels like victory. So let's talk about excitement first. I've realized that the enemy wants us to feel either naive, silly, or prideful even about being happy about what's to come. So he wants the realm of what's to come. He wants future to feel really mysterious and that's the way he also wants it to feel uncertain and he wants us to feel silly about getting our hopes up about what god has shown us but faith authorizes us to celebrate what we have not yet experienced and that is one of the things you do in transition while you're between please please take this to heart while you're between it is absolutely appropriate it is spiritual. It is godly. It is mature to celebrate what you haven't seen yet, because when you have faith, you are authorized so to celebrate the things that you have not yet experienced. Then transition can also feel like frustration. I want to say something really brief about this. If you really want to know, frustration is an appropriate part of transition. When you're transitioning. You will likely both cause and experience frustration when you're in transition. When you're moving, when things are changing, there are some frustrations that you're going to experience, but there are also some that you're going to cause because you're going to create some misunderstanding by moving on. You're going to create some some strange perceptions by being dissatisfied with where you were. You're gonna create some strange perceptions by doing something different and being hungry and being thirsty and being future focused. Frustration is one of those things that happens in transition every time. While you experience it, you're gonna experience the frustrations of being unsure. You're gonna be waiting for calls. You're gonna be waiting for certain positive feelings to arise and they can seem to be late sometimes. Um, but you're going to cause and experience frustration when you're in transition. Don't feel like you're out of place or you're a bad person. This is a part of forward movement. All right. The third thing that transition feels like is fear. Now let's plow in this a little bit. One of the main strains of transition is working where receiving should be. And so We've been trying to plow through fear by, quote unquote, breaking out and launching into what we think God is telling us is next. But fear is a place where we slow down and let God minister to us before we go. Okay, before you break out, while you're experiencing your fears, this is a place to slow down and let God minister to you before you launch forward. Let me share this verse with you. First, John four and 18. It says this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. All right. We do not stampede through fears. We receive love for them. We receive words from them for them. We don't stampede and plow through fear. God wants to speak to us for them. So I was looking at this scripture, this story, this account, and wondering, why didn't Jesus just stop the storm? (laughs) And I looked again in the scripture, and in verse 32, it says that when they got into the boat, the wind ceased jesus stopped the storm once they got into the boat now let's look at one more scripture romans 8 18 and 19 for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of god i think it is very very possible That God allowed creation or the course of life in this moment to yield an opportunity for an encounter where Peter, who is in context, Peter is a son of God, would see the revelation that that's who he is, a son, a son of God. What if storms have everything to do with revelation of identity via an encounter? What if this storm was God's way of initiating an encounter between Jesus and Peter? What am I saying? Storms should lead to encounters. That is not to say that God loves to put you in storms. That is to say that when storms arise, God wants an encounter to happen within them. They are not for punishment. They are not always for lessons. I feel that there's a very negative um, connotation that comes with the word storm now, and we've been taught That when things arise, that God is trying to teach us something. And so when something unfavorable starts to happen, we start to look for the lesson instead of looking for the Lord and looking to be loved on. We start thinking, oh, well, there must be something that God wants to teach me. God must be whooping me. Or something like that and that's not always the case it's that god wants encounters during this storm this was a time where jesus found it important to go and meet peter to go and meet the disciples the bible says that he went to them so encounters y'all he's gonna come to you and he's gonna be available however there is a catch to it he's not going to meet you in the boat Here's a challenging word for you. Peter's transition out of the boat possibly never would have happened had the boat been stable. You got to start letting your fears push you to Jesus. Even if Jesus is standing in territory that's unfamiliar to you. Jesus was not in the boat, which Peter was familiar with because he was a fisherman. Jesus was on the water. Even if Jesus is in an unfamiliar place to you, let your foot, your fears push you to him. Another question I asked about this scripture was, what was the significance of the presence of Jesus on their journey? And also, what is the significance of the presence of God on your journey? It is this, and I believe this is a revelation that I want to share. If Jesus wasn't there, then fear would have been the only available voice here's the thing about the the voice of fear as fear does have a voice fear will act as a tour guide in a sense fear will give you direction it'll comfort you quote-unquote comfort in the things that you want to stay away from fear will help you avoid and ultimately it counsels you into safety so to speak except fear counsels you into the same safety that God is trying to transition you out of. Fear is not, let's break this misconception. Fear does not just make you feel scared. It also comforts you into refraining from the things that God is leading you to experience. Hence, us running from good things, good connections, callings, And experiences, we run from them because fear says that they're just too new. So I feel like the Lord is saying, you've been afraid to start over. You've been afraid of beginnings, but this is exactly where I want you. Starting over, newness. Unfamiliar, yes, but newness. The safety that God has for you in new beginnings is much more full and much more fulfilling for your spirit than the form of safety that familiar, familiarity brings, because God knows the truth, as opposed to familiarity only knowing what has been. All right, so that's fear. Transition sometimes feels like fear. Now, it also feels like grief and feels like abandonment. I'm gonna kinda tie these two together. All let right, right, let's, let's dig in. Grief. Why does transition feel like grief? grief comes with changes even good ones sometimes good changes sometimes bring grief with them because embracing newness always involves leaving something i would imagine that the disciples would argue that peter was doing too much in this scripture by trying to get out of the boat but that's one of the interesting things about transition and they're going to say the same thing about you (laughs) The, the narrative swings um, within spectators, and, and I don't mean that to be a person who talks about haters, but the narrative always swings based on whether it looks like it'll be a success or whether it looks like it'll be a failure. People will be quietly inspired until something fails, and then they'll criticize it as if it was never a good idea. But when you're on a journey with God, a faith journey, faith involves momentary failures all the time. But that does not negate what you gained during your faith move. I'm going to say that again. A faith journey involves momentary failures, but that does not negate what was gained during your faith move. All right. So grief comes with transition because when you're moving on, You are leaving something and you're leaving the safety of approval that you had when you were safe. All right. And then abandonment. So the abandonment is in that people will act weird when you do what they wouldn't have done or what they did not have the courage to do. However, just as God uses your obedience to adjust your surroundings and your priorities, and to change your scenery, because sometimes, yes, obedience will bring about changes just like that. As you're obedient, your surroundings will begin to be different, your priorities, but God will also, by your obedience, adjust your community too. A big part of the grief that comes with transition is that we also begin to feel like we're abandoning, let's dig here, abandoning a version of ourselves that we've had a relationship with for a long, long time. There are some times where God will cause a transition that involves him leading you away even from what you thought was your dominant gift in order to show you that obedience requires attention in every season. Again, he may lead you for a while away from what you perceived as your dominant gift sometimes the thing that you got applauded for or invited for he may lead you away from the thing by which people know you best just to show you that the journey of obedience requires attention at every moment peter was actually a fisherman that was his his job his profession this is what he has always known however in Matthew 16, Jesus does something very different with Peter concerning the church. He did not give Peter the power just to catch more fish. He gave Peter a whole different mandate, um, somewhat within that lane, to catch fish. Or fish. He was going to be a fisher of men, but he also told Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church. So, so God actually does something very different with him. He built a foundation on peter's confession so many times i'll I'll jump back in many times we've been stuck because we've been operating in an obedience from a previous season (laughs) operating from a previous obedience is not going to stretch you as much as it used to when it was a sacrifice that obedience that you're still in at one point it was a new obedience it was a stretch It was a compromise um, for what you had always known. It was a sacrifice. But God is calling you into a new obedience that will keep you attentive to him. You already know how to do what you've been doing. But you need a relationship in order to ensure that you're always hearing him. And I can really attest to this because I'm used to myself as a musician. I've been playing piano my entire life but God has also called me to preach. Now, let me try to clear this up if I can. That doesn't mean I have to quit playing music, but I do have to lean in and not only do what comes naturally to a former me. Y'all know what I mean? Obedience looks different for you as you evolve. So Peter had to abandon what was once good for him. The boat felt good and normal and satisfying for him for a while. But what was once comfort and safety for Peter became discomfort and mediocrity for Peter. That's how you know you're in transition. What was once comfort and safety and normalcy for you is going to start becoming discomfort and mediocrity as God keeps helping you to raise your standard, then the boat is gonna become good for your logic, but not good for your pursuit. It's gonna be good for your a little while ago, but not so good for your now, and that's okay. That does not mean you're carrying negative energy into your now, that does not mean that you're not content or that you're not grateful. It just means that what was once, once a stretch is now mediocre for you. And that lets you know that you're in forward movement. Lastly, transition can feel like victory. You may say, now what victory did Peter even win? Because didn't he sink? <laughs> yeah, he did sink. But like I was saying earlier, what did he gain in the process? Firstly, he gained to the ability to change his approach in the unpredictable make make this something you try to remember we are meant to make voluntary changes in response to involuntary changes when things start changing around you okay there was a storm that's involuntary there was nothing peter could do about it but he could do something about his position In relation to the boat and in relation to Jesus, we are meant when things are involuntarily changing, we are meant to make voluntary changes. Peter also gained the capacity to maintain posture. So somebody's word is this. Don't let the unknown change your posture. Also, expectancy does not have to become anxiety. I'm going to say that again, expectancy does not have to become anxiety. When you expect, when you expect what's to come, it does not have to be negative. And I believe that there are generational curses, even of negative perceptions of the future. There is so much language, so much superstition, so much negativity that we get imparted. And people teach us to be afraid of the future, to be afraid of the unknown. But as you are expectant, I believe that that's something that God is going to renew in us. Our expectancy, and he's going to help us change the tone and the direction of it. Expectancy does not have to become anxiety. That is an attack, an influence, and a reframe that the enemy creates in us. God's ideal equipment, and I'm going to wrap this up. God's ideal equipment is not to give you an easier process, but to give you proximity and comfort. Here's a revelation. He doesn't necessarily make the way easier, but he invites you into courage. Okay? He did not stop the storm when Peter got out of the boat, but he invited Peter into or maybe even onto a different type of ground. He invited him into and onto courage. The the way out of no way that we've been talking about and that we've been hoping for may not be a change of the circumstance it may be a strength and a grace out of nowhere jesus didn't change the makeup of peter's feet to help him but he gave him a word he told him to come jesus kept peter in motion on a new medium he kept him in motion not just on land not just on the boat but on a new medium which was water and i believe that he wants to do the same for you He wants to show you that there is forward movement, even in the unknown and even in these new opportunities. He wants to show you that you do have provision. There's a word out there for you to walk on. And God may make you uncomfortable in a place where things were systematic. He may call you out of a comfortable church, out of a comfortable career where you're you're actually succeeding. He may even call you for a moment out of a gift that you know how to use and he may put you on a whole new ground because he wants his voice to feel safer to you than the boat. I hope you guys have enjoyed. I hope there was something that you got out of this particular episode. Let me know. Give me feedback. Give me testimonies. Try to join me next week for the next episode. Let's keep growing together. I love y'all. Thank you so much for listening to The Bridge Podcast. It really is an honor to share and grow with you guys. I hope this episode reached you in some way, challenged you, and or awakened something in you. Please do share, subscribe, and stay tuned for more. Have a good one.